have to buy a house cash and you need the paid off card. It's so incredibly strict and so silly, honestly. That kind of fear about debt. There's this bit of perfectionist really wanting to follow the plan and not deviating from it at all. Are you a six-figure household, but you're struggling to build wealth? Money isn't a problem, yet you don't have a financial strategy. You and your spouse just can't seem to get aligned, and it's holding you back. Welcome to Rad Money, the finance podcast for millennial married couples. We're Rebecca and Dylan. And our goal with this podcast is to help you stop arguing about money so you can start building real wealth. Because the world needs more good, wealthy people. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be sharing some of the financial lessons that we've learned that we wish we would have learned earlier. I mean, we can't go back. We can't change the way things have gone. And we're super happy with how our lives has gone. But we really want to share with you some lessons that we've learned in the past few years that we hope we can pass on to you. Maybe you can learn them a little bit sooner than we did. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) That would be great. Yeah, because I tell you, there's definitely a couple of these that if we had known it sooner, I mean, things just would have been better. Not crying over spilled milk. It just is what it is, right? So now we're going to impart this knowledge onto you and your spouse. Of course, we can't do that unless you send this episode to your spouse. So please share this episode with your husband or your wife so that they can learn these lessons too. This episode is definitely going to be more just conversational. Dylan and I, before we sat down, we just literally made our own list of lessons that we individually wish we would have learned a little bit sooner than we did. So we're just going to volley back and forth, talk these these out, and hopefully you'll be able to glean at least a couple little <laughs> tidbits of useful information. If you have any questions and want us to go deeper into any of these topics, definitely let us know. There is the AMA form in the show notes, so you can absolutely use that form to submit a question and let us know if you'd like us to go deeper in any of these topics. But with that, Dylan, what's the first lesson that you wish you would have learned sooner? So I wish I would have learned how credit cards worked sooner, especially when we first started our financial journey. We were using a credit card. I was using a credit card. You were using a credit card and I wasn't totally comfortable with it, but we were managing it well, but it stressed me out. And then that's kind of crazy. And that's kind of crazy to think looking back, we managed it totally well. So it was just unnecessary stress. And so I think understanding that Credit cards are a useful tool, but they can be dangerous if you excessively spend. But if you're sticking to a budget and and using a credit card within your budget, it's totally fine. Yeah. Because you can afford that. That's definitely when it relieved a lot of anxiety for you was when we got really clear on how to use a credit card with a budget. Because really early on, we were definitely making that mistake of not accounting for every single one of our transactions that we'd put on a credit card in our monthly budget that would lead to not necessarily carrying a balance, but just spending more than you thought you did. Right. And that was what really stressed you out. I think it was that plus just you had never used one in general. Like it was just like this general anxiety that you had. Right. It was it was ignorance and not understanding how they worked. And I think the interesting thing about credit cards is right, like you pay for something today, but you don't have to owe the bill until next month. Yeah. Like there's the statement balance and then there's the due date. There's when the statement closes and then there's the due date. Okay. So I'm buying something now, but the statement doesn't even end for another two weeks, say, and then the balance isn't due for another month. And then like, when does the interest actually kick in and all that sort of stuff? Like you have to learn that. And so until you do, it's just incredibly confusing. Right. You can either be really afraid of credit cards because you just kind of have that fear of debt, but it's really more like you just don't have the systems that are putting you in the place where you're only benefiting. Right. Because that does exist. You absolutely can only benefit from using a credit card 
that's absolutely what we do. But you have to know how to do it. Exactly. It is a skill. It is a money skill. It's a financial skill. Right. It's like making sure that you use a budget and then you can use your credit card within the means of your budget. And then you're always paying it off. Yes. And how do you manage those payments? And how do you get the timing right of those payments? So that gets into the cash flow. It's just, there's a system to it. What's on the flip side though, then there's people who are trying to get the benefits, but they skip the step and they try to go straight and get benefits and play like all the credit card games, but they don't truly have that mastery of their budget and their cash flow. And so they end up just getting themselves in debt. Right. And that can be a, a tricky thing. Yeah. What lesson do you wish you had learned earlier? Actually, the first one that I put down was very similar. I said that I wish that I understood debt and wasn't afraid of it earlier. When I was really young and I had to do a lot of things by myself, I definitely avoided credit cards as much as I could because I didn't want to take on more than I could. Uh I didn't have that financial skill yet, so I, I mostly avoided them. Paying for school, I was paying out of pocket. Tried to stay out of debt as much as I could. And then we started listening to Dave Ramsey. He is just so incredibly anti-debt. I had to stop listening to him. It took me a while after to educate myself more and more and more. And before I actually realized debt is absolutely not something to be afraid of. It is something you can be incredibly irresponsible about. Absolutely. But, you know, the whole like have to buy a house cash and you need the paid off car and you it's so incredibly strict and so silly, honestly, that kind of fear about debt, which can be used as such a tool, can actually hold you back so much. So I don't regret paying off our debts as fast as we did. But I think that it definitely kept me from thinking that I could buy a house or other things. Yeah, I get that. I really wish that I just would have understood more about debt sooner. Yeah. Similar to what you were just talking about, one of the things I wrote down as a lesson I wish I learned sooner was to not be such a perfectionist when it came to paying off debt. We were very aggressive. We paid off $45,000 worth of debt in 18 months. That was awesome. But when we decided that we weren't going to be so aggressive one month, take some time to go travel or do something for ourselves, I would get upset that we hadn't hit the mark. And so there's this bit of perfectionist really wanting to follow the plan and not deviating from it at all. There's that linear thinker. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so that was just silly because we were still making so much progress and it didn't really matter that much. There was light at the end of the tunnel. Like it was, and it was coming fast. It didn't, it didn't really matter if we skewed just a little bit or slowed down just slightly because we were so close to getting there. But at the same time, I I get so stressed out about it because I was being so strict, letting my perfectionism get in the way of it. So I think that was really unfortunate because I could have enjoyed the process a little bit more and not stressed out so much. So instead of focusing on how much extra I was putting towards the debt, I was focusing, I was focusing on the fact that we reduced our debt payment by a few hundred dollars. If even the interesting thing was too, that you would do this, even though whenever we would make those decisions, they were so incredibly intentional. We always knew what the trade-offs were. We always knew like, okay, we're going to take a weekend trip, kind of spontaneous. It's going to cost 300 bucks. That's 300 bucks that we're not going to put towards the debt this month. It was an agreed upon thing, but still on the back end, you would get frustrated with that, like that urge to just be as aggressive as possible, even though you wanted to go on the trip. And it was just like this thing that you kind of have to, you have to work through it. Right. I guess really the lesson here is if you've got a plan and you're really working hard towards the plan and you're making, making a lot of progress, focus on the progress you're making. Not the setback. Yeah, not the setback. Exactly. Yeah, totally. The next thing that I said that I wish I would have learned sooner is that you don't need 20% to buy a house. That was something, again, I think it was just like where I was getting my little bit of financial information that I was taking in. That's what people say, right, is that you need 20% to buy a house. And I didn't really dig into it any further for myself for a really long time. But there are so many ways that you can buy a house with as little as 3%. 
And depending on your financial situation, even less than that, or depending on the type of mortgage that you get. There's so many creative ways to buy real estate. Our biggest thing that's kept us out of the real estate market, other than that it's been insane the past couple of years, is that we can't decide where to live. <laughs> but <Yeah>. I think, <laughs> especially now that I know what I know, I think if five years ago I knew what I know now about all of the different mortgages that are available to people, all of the different creative things that you can do to get into a place, I would have absolutely bought a house and started to turn that into a cash flowing income producing property or just my residence. But there's just so many things that you can do. And I believed that you had to have 20 percent in some cases. Yes, that's ideal. Sure. Avoid PMI. Sure. But it's not critical. And PMI is not the end of the freaking world. Learning all of these things totally changed how accessible buying a house was. Yeah. And if we could just figure out where we want to live forever, or at least five years, then that'd be great. Yeah, that would be very helpful for sure, because we do like to bounce around and visit and travel to a lot of different places. We do. We have commitment issues. Other than to each other, we have commitment issues. <laughs> so another lesson I wish I learned sooner was just asking for what I wanted. I'm a bit of a people pleaser. I always felt uncomfortable asking for things. And then I eventually learned what a lot of things are negotiable. An overdraft statement, your bill being too high from one of your service providers, call them up and say, hey, what can you do for me? I think people think that advice is antiquated and it's absolutely not. No, I mean, I literally called the other day and got our internet reduced by $40. Yeah, you literally cut it in half. Yeah, and it's just crazy. Like call and just ask and you'll never know unless you call. So many people just sit on the sideline and complain about something being a certain way. Literally the local Facebook pages full of people complaining about the prices for the internet. And all you gotta do is call and see what they'll do. They might tell you no, but you'll only get no's if you never ask. I think that that's the thing is that's the default is people think that you can't do that anymore, but you absolutely can. Everybody's trying to retain their customers. Right. Everybody. So they can work with you, at least when it comes to services like that. You know, you can't call Disney Plus and say, hey, I'm going to cancel if you don't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care about you. But local providers, certain things you can absolutely still do it for. Insurance, local utilities, things of that nature. You can absolutely ask what promotions are going on or what different kinds of plans you can get on with your cell provider. Those are different places where you can absolutely still do that. And it's amazing how just putting a little bit of effort in can go a long way. And so you put an hour in and you end up saving, you can save so much money in the course of a year by just making a couple of phone calls. It's really such a great thing to do. So what's your next one, Rebecca? The next thing that I wish I learned sooner was that financial independence is even a thing. I had no clue financial independence was a thing. I had never heard this term, honestly, until my late 20s. I had never heard of anybody talking about financial independence, much less like reaching that before retirement. I was checking my boxes in terms of investing in retirement accounts and emergency fund, all the basics. But I think if I knew that that was an option, we could have potentially done some things a little bit differently. Sure. I don't know what necessarily. I just, I didn't know that you could really be financially independent. I never knew anyone who was financially independent, but having this understanding of financial independence and how it's really, it's a number thing. It's not an age thing. So it's different than retirement. It's about how much you actually have invested and the 4% rule and all that sort of stuff. Just had no idea. And so once I learned that, not only has it been incredibly helpful as a coach and how to help people move towards it, but it might have impacted some of the decisions we made. It's definitely hard to say how it might have affected our decision making because you can't go back with the knowledge that you have. But I do look at real estate and think getting into real estate sooner would definitely have been a priority if we had 
know about financial independence. But if you knew about financial independence, but you still didn't have that real estate piece, you still don't have that much going on. Sure. You know, unless you're just like, oh, let me stay in this miserable job where I'm making a ton of money and I could get there in 10 years. Sure. But I will mentally and emotionally die (laughs) to do it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so yeah, I still would have quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe it doesn't matter. But anyways, do you have another one? So one of the things I wish I'd learned sooner was how invaluable investing in myself was. I always heard invest in the stock market and make sure that you're putting money away for retirement, but I didn't realize the value of investing in myself. Me learn skills to become better as an individual, better at what I was doing in my job. That sort of thing didn't really occur to me or I could pay somebody to help me be better at podcasting. I could pay somebody to help me be better at communication. But I I didn't learn that right away. I thought like, oh, you know, I'm just going to learn through trial and error and do it the DIY way, which, you know, you end up paying for it with time. When you decide not to invest in yourself, what you do is you pay with time instead because you got to learn it the hard way and you got to learn through trial and error. But when you invest in yourself, you're paying for someone to help speed that up. So you save the time, but then you fork out the money instead. And so looking back, I see how valuable investing in myself is now that, you know, five years ago, if I knew what I was doing a little bit more, it would have been nice to invest in myself. Yeah. Yeah, investing in yourself, it wasn't anything that I was ever encouraged to really do. It definitely wasn't something that I knew about. It was actually hard for me to call myself a financial coach at first because I was like life coaching and weirdness. It had a lot of ick in my mind. Right. And invest in yourself is just like a scheme to get people to buy. And you see that a lot. I still see that a lot. And I think it's terrible that people use that as a selling tactic. But nobody was ever really telling me that there are smart ways to invest in yourself. I knew that like in our business, we could hire certain professionals to do certain things. But I had no idea that someone could just help me work on me and that would make me better. So yeah, so I totally agree. It would have been nice to have known that like investing in myself was an option. I mean, that is why we became coaches as much as like calling myself a coach was kind of weird. I was like, what about consultant? Is that okay? (laughs) But the reason we became that was because when we were paying off our debt, we didn't have somebody to help us skip the steps. We didn't have somebody who could say, hey, here's how you do it. And this is how you can do it without it being really frustrating and confusing and overwhelming and constantly changing your mind and like all those sorts of things. And that's literally why we became coaches was to help people skip the line. Right. And so I think that that's kind of an interesting thing that we wish we would have known sooner, but then we very quickly became the thing to invest in for a lot of people. Okay, so I've got a couple more, but that was your, you only had three, right? Yes. Okay, so if you don't have any more, I do have two, two other ones. Okay. Two other things I wish I would have learned sooner. The first one was that like online businesses are a thing. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> that in particular. Um, because this business was not supposed to be online. All we knew was brick and mortar. We came from the retail world. Sure, we did e-com within retail, but it was a brick and mortar with an e-com presence with, with an online store, right? So that was our only knowledge, really, of online businesses. But like, I never knew that you could start and run a business online where you have a podcast and you have social media and you meet people from all over the country and you have clients all over the country and listeners from all over the world. I had no idea that you could have a business like this. So our our original thing, you know, was... We started brick and mortar, but that was very quickly changed because literally the day after our ribbon cutting was lockdown. It very quickly changed everything. But if we had known about the online business, we would have just been rolling. Yeah, we we could have had a clue of what we needed to do. And I think that earlier you were talking about investing in yourself. 
And I think that was just really hard when we had no idea what our business was even going to be. As we were getting started, it was really hard to know what to do because we didn't know that an online business was really a thing, but all of a sudden we were forced to be one. And so the only thing we knew was like, okay, social media. But we're terrible at social media. (laughs) If you follow us on social media, we're awful at it. You probably don't follow us because we're awful at it. (laughs) But we're trying to get better. But our forte is coaching. So we didn't know that these were just options. And then we were like forced into it. And now it's been incredible. There's all these different opportunities. Now we have all these different pieces to our business that get clients from literally all over the country. And we have clients literally from C to C. And it's so stinking cool. But I had no idea I could do it. We've just been kind of fumbling our way along for a really long time. So it just it would have been really nice to have known a little sooner that this was a business model because they didn't teach me this in business school. <laughs> no, I well, I think what's cool about the online business thing, too, is that it's so easy to get started just doing a little bit and you can slowly ramp it up as you're like as it starts to build. Yeah, great. it can grow with you. Exactly. So easily. And so just like anybody who's thinking about starting a business. There's no reason not to. Just start. Don't think about it. Just start doing and you'll learn as you go along. And that's like the cool thing about an online business is that you can start like one day a week on your weekend. Just weekends. from your phone too. Uh-huh. Like no special equipment required. Now, will it happen fast? If you're super lucky. And right. honestly, the odds increase exponentially if you're first main job is as a marketer. (laughs) Or if you just take what you're already doing and turn that into your own personal online business. Yeah, sure. There's so many different pieces to it. But yeah, you're exactly right. Like just start and start with one thing and focus on that one thing. But you can do it just with your phone and it can grow with you. There's no reason to just be like, here's a ton of money to get started in this. That's the cool thing about online business. You need no money to really get started. No, you just need a bank account and like- You don't even need that. You honestly don't even need a bank account until you started making enough money that the government cares about you. And that varies state by state, but legitimately, you can test out your business idea to a certain degree without even needing to have anything like a business license or a bank account or an LLC. So there you go. There's some wisdom. Okay, my last one is life insurance. I wish I would have understood life insurance sooner. Mostly so that I could have helped my earliest clients a little bit better. We have term insurance. That's perfect for us. That's not saying that that's right for you as the listener necessarily. It's just saying that's what we do. And it's no frills. It covers a lot of basics. But other types of life insurances, they can play a role in your wealth building journey. But a lot of people on the internet will tell you that you can leverage it and you can do all this stuff with it and you should totally have these policies. I didn't really understand that early on. And I wish that I would have understood it like I understand it now sooner as a coach. Just would have been helpful. More so for my clients than for myself. Right. Yeah. I think that's the one thing about all of this is the more that we learn, the more we can share with our clients so that they can make a better decision, decide for themselves what's right for them. It also prepares them for the conversations they have when we refer them out because they're educated. They know the terms. They know what they're looking for or they know what what's involved with getting a life insurance policy. So they actually come in and they can make an even better decision because of that opposed to just like starting from scratch. And when yeah. they're talking to us, like there's no pressure from us because we're not selling it. You know, if you're going into talk to a life insurance agent, like they can be a nice person, but they make money by selling the life insurance. Yeah, so. exactly. They're automatically biased. 
Yeah. You know, as nice as they might seem or maybe even just are some amazing, amazingly compassionate insurance agents who have worked with my clients who I just I know personally and totally trust them. But they are a needle in a haystack. Yeah. They're really, really hard to find. So everything that I learn gets my clients the opportunity to skip. Right. To skip a step, right? To, to shorten their timeline to success. And so that's super cool. None of this is crying over spilt milk. I have no regrets. I love the life decisions that we've made. You can't help it. You don't know until you know. But if I had learned some of these lessons, that would have been great. Sure. Maybe, but it doesn't mean that I regret the way things have been. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree. It, it's not that anything went wrong. It's just that when you learn the lessons, you look back and you're like, man, what could I have done with that information? Sooner. Yeah. If exactly. I had that sooner, what could I have done with that? And so that's really like the essence of this of this episode. Right. Just to share with you some of the lessons that we wish we would have learned sooner which is obviously what kind of what we're doing all the time. We're always sharing what we've learned with you so that you don't have to take the the long, slow, painful route to financial freedom, financial independence, buying your first home, whatever. You can skip some steps. We'll be sharing even more really great advice for couples who want to manage their money together and be extremely successful in the new year. In our next upcoming live event, we'll be releasing more details in the weeks to come, but we'd love to have you come hang out with us and just learn a few things that can help you to be better in this new year and reach your financial goals as a couple. And until next time, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Dylan. And, and we're, we're Rad, Rad Coaches. Coaches.